Hello, everybody. Welcome to your Thursday episode of Max Sports. I'm Max, of course, bringing you some good football content Monday through Friday, five days a week. Today, I want to talk about a few things. To start things off, I want to apologize. I need to apologize to the Cleveland Brown fans because I went out on my <laughs> on my power ranking episode yesterday talking about how great this team is, what an amazing upset it was, and how the expectations of this team have changed now that Deshaun Watson has been more consistent and has been healthy. And it comes out today that he will now have season-ending shoulder surgery. Yikes. That is a very bad sign for this Cleveland team. I, I did not mean to curse them. It was not a plan. I didn't think it was going to happen. I didn't even know that Deshaun Watson was injured, knowing how well he played in the second half of that Browns game. So I, I didn't expect that to happen, but here we are. Um, Cleveland, their their chances for a postseason run have been drastically affected. It has affected my picks. I had to go re- redo and do those. We'll be doing the picks today, of course. It's it's Thursday. We always do the picks. But before we get into that, I want to do a segment about coaching. My uh, dad was actually talking to me about some sports topics, and he thought one that might be good for the show would be, um, since Josh McDaniels has been fired from the Raiders, who's kind of next in line? Who is another NFL coach that could be on the out, though, you know, be getting fired at the end of the season if things don't go their way? Um, I got a few on the list that I think are very likely. I want to bring some to attention that are maybes. And then overall, you can determine for yourself what you think the case is going to be. After that, we're going to do our picks as normal, like every other Thursday episode. And then we'll get you on your way, breaking down Thursday night football between the Ravens and the Bengals. I'll break that down game, that game down a little more in depth, and we'll be on our way. Let's get the episode started. Like I mentioned in the intro, we're going to be talking about coaches on the hot seat. I have some names of some coaches that I really want to mention. Uh, Names that I think really could be fired before the end of the season. Then there's people that are going to be on the hot seat based on how this year ends. Then there are going to be people that we can start bringing some questions up towards. So people that could be fired before the end of the season. The first guy that I really have to talk about that I think has the potential of that is none other than Arthur Smith, the Atlanta Falcons head coach. They are now in year three of Arthur Smith's schemes um, and and his control and leadership of the team, and it just has never really clicked 100%. Whether it's commitment to bad quarterback play where they've had options to upgrade at the position, yet settle for Desmond Ritter and settle for Taylor Heineke, This team has drafted so much offensive talent that they have yet to really even utilize to the best of their ability. They're on a three-game losing streak, all of them coming at the hands of backup quarterbacks where the backup has outplayed any of the starters that the Falcons put out on the field. They are in an easy division with New Orleans currently leading at 5-5, the next Worst division leader would either be the Dolphins at six and three, the Jags at six and three, or the Niners at six and three. That is how far behind this NFC South is. the The best team would still be a game behind in any other division. And so, when I look at this division, it is just ripe for the taking. And yet, this team likes getting in its own way. 
I really do feel like sometimes Arthur Smith is trying to make the game more complicated than it needs to, and he's just not using any of the talent that he himself has desired this team to draft over the last couple of years. Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and Bajan Robinson, a tight end, a receiver, and a running back, all drafted with top 10 picks. Kyle Pitts being the highest drafted tight end ever, and yet he is the one that is used to block for a backup tight end late in games. This is unacceptable. The Falcons have now been with Arthur Smith for going on two and a half years, and they have nothing to show for it. Not a quarterback, not a winning record, nothing. Not a division win, not a playoff appearance. And if they don't turn it around, I wouldn't be shocked if this guy is gone before Christmas. They have a rough schedule. They have a chance where they're going to probably lose to the Saints. If they don't beat the Jets on the road, who knows what. The schedule isn't even that difficult for this team. Their hardest game left is probably the Saints game. They play them twice. They play the Bears, Colts, Panthers, Bucks, and Jets. You want to know something fun about this schedule? There's not a single team left on this schedule that has a winning record. And yet, I don't even think they're going to win half of these games. That is how bad I think the Falcons have become. I had so much hope for this team early on in the season when they were three and, or yeah, they were four and two or four and three or something like that. And I really thought they had a chance. But you know what? This is the same old Falcons team that has fooled us all for years. They have a lot of work to do. They need to find a quarterback, whether that is, you know, maybe trading for a reclamation project. Like maybe let's say the Bears get um, Caleb Williams. Maybe the Falcons throw a second round pick for Justin Fields. I'd take Justin Fields today over any quarterback on this roster. I'd take this over any quarterback they've had on this roster the last five years. So... The Falcons need a lot of work to do. I wouldn't be shocked if Arthur Smith is one of the first names gone this year. Talking about another guy that could be gone before the end of the season, let's talk about Brandon Staley, the Chargers head coach. Staley is a defensive mind, yet his defense is one of the absolute worst in all the NFL. Somehow this team has been bailed out by Justin Herbert multiple times this season to even have a chance to get the four wins on the year. They are currently behind the Las Vegas Raiders, who are down to their third quarterback that they've wanted this season, and their head coach is fired, yet they are still behind them. The Chargers got off to a rocky start, obviously, falling to 0-2, but you really got to think of it. This is a team that should have more wins than they do. A close battle against the Cowboys, a close loss on the road against the Titans, a close loss at home against the Dolphins. This team could easily be a six or seven win team, but they keep getting in their own way. Brandon Staley's abusive use of analytics has costed him multiple times where the analytics tell him to do something, but coaching logic says otherwise. A perfect example is when he called a timeout after the two minute warning, allowing the Lions to run the clock out, go for it, and convert the fourth down, allowing them to completely run the game out and kick a game-winning field goal. Worst case scenario, if he calls those timeouts before the two-minute warning, mathematically, they would still have had a chance, even if it meant 26 seconds. 26 seconds with Justin Herbert's arm, and especially how they've been cooking that Lions defense that game, would have maybe gotten them a better chance than relying on the defense that gave up 41. Overall, Brandon Staley has been in, in Charger land for way too long, especially for the lack of production they've gotten. Yet to get a playoff win, only one playoff appearance, and when they appeared in the playoffs, they had a historical 
choke. They were up by double digits. Trevor Lawrence was throwing the ball to the wrong team the entire first half and had five interceptions, yet they still found a way to lose. This is a guy that has got to go. The talent on this team, it's unacceptable to the level of competition that they've been able to play at. Losing home games that are unnecessary, going out on the road and just not showing up at all. This team, just it, it is too talented to have the record that it currently does under head coach Brandon Staley. Now that we got some coaches that are, are blatant, obvious red flags that could be gone, I'm going to share some names that I think could be gone. Oh, my goodness. I forgot one more name. Matt Eberflus, the Bears head coach. I wouldn't be shocked if he's fired by Thanksgiving if they keep losing the way they have. Now let's move on to our next segment. Um, I want to talk about some head coaches that still are in the hunt to be fired but need, uh, if they maybe have a solid finish to their season, they might avoid the firing, and they might avoid the hot seat. To start things off, I want to talk about Dennis Allen, the Saints head coach. Allen has not been a great coach in his time with New Orleans. You could argue that for as veteran of this roster, as experienced and as veteran this roster is, they are so underperforming on the season at 5-5. and Coming into the year, the Saints had one of the easiest schedules on paper, and yeah, it's been as charm and soft as it looks. Here are the opponents they've played so far in the season. Titans, Panthers, Packers, Buccaneers, Patriots, Texans, Jaguars, Colts, Bears, and Vikings. Yes, they have played two teams with winning records, one of them being the wildcard Texans and the other one being the Jaguars, um, and they've lost to them. They've only beaten up on teams like the Colts, Bears, Patriots, Panthers, and Titans. Yuck. The best team out of all of those are the Bears, maybe the Colts. All of those teams suck, and the Colts didn't even have a starting quarterback. So they only can beat backup quarterbacks and teams that are in the bottom third of the entire NFL. I need to see more from this team if I'm going to believe that they are going to be a playoff contender. They play the Falcons next week. You could argue that the winner of that game keeps their job this season. The loser most likely is going to be fired again before Thanksgiving. I don't know what to think about Dennis Allen. I think I'm more frustrated with him at times because he has more talent than any other team in the division. You could argue more talent than some other teams divisions in general, yet is doing less with it than other people could. So I have not been very um, excited with what I've been seeing with the Saints. I think they've been a very disappointing team this year. And again, if they have another losing record, I wouldn't be shocked if he's gone by year two. Other coaches that I think we need to keep an eye on. This one might be crazy, but hear me out on this one. Frank Reich, the Carolina Panthers head coach. Yes, it is not looking good. They are one and eight. And I will say, you know, it doesn't look good and coaches have been fired in their first year before. However, this is a different type of firing and I want to compare it to a different type of coach as well. Everyone remembers Brian Flores. This story might actually sound pretty relatable to the Panthers once I explain it to you. Brian Flores was the head coach of the Dolphins before Mike McDaniel. He was a pretty respected coach and was doing more with less talent than people were expecting. They were supposed to be tanking for Tua, if everyone remembers that. Yet, the team went on a hot streak with Ryan Fitzpatrick late in the season and almost made the playoffs. Well, luckily they had picks from trades to get Tua still, and they managed to get their franchise quarterback. However, it had come out that, what do you know, Uh, 
they didn't want Tua. Yes, the head coach didn't want Tua, yet the ownership and management wanted it. So Brian Flores now has a coach or a quarterback that he didn't want. He came out and publicly said he wanted Justin Herbert. So what do they do? Well, one mediocre season with Tua, and they decide to fire Brian Flores. Some people thought it was un unreal, unfair that they decided to move on with Flores. However, this starts to open up a similar page to me when it comes to the Panthers and Frank Reich. Everyone's been talking recent weeks about how apparently the Panthers wanted C.J. Stroud. Um, not the Panthers, but Frank Reich did. The Panthers decided to take Bryce Young instead of the quarterback that they wanted. So Reich doesn't get his guy, and now he's dealing with a quarterback that he didn't really want to draft and didn't really want to build an offense around. Now, go back to Frank Reich's history when he used to be the Colts head coach. He went through quarterbacks every single year he was the head coach of the Colts. Don't believe me? Let's go through this story together. He went through Andrew Luck, then he retired, then he went through Jacoby Brissett, then Phillip Rivers, then Carson Wentz, then Matt Ryan. Five years, five quarterbacks. Now he's got a quarterback that he doesn't even want that they just invested the future in. Why keep a guy when you have one win on the season through nine games, you have a quarterback that's struggling and your head coach didn't even want him to begin with. I wouldn't be shocked if Frank Reich is gone by the end of the season and they try and do something fresh. It might be a little too soon of a, of a firing, but again, look at the similar case with Brian Flores. He had nine wins with a, a very underwhelming Dolphins team and brought the best out of them, yet they still canned the guy because he didn't want Tua. So keep an eye on that. That is one of the ones that I wanted to talk about. Another guy you should keep your eyes on would be the Washington Commanders head coach. Uh, we got to talk about him. I think that the Commanders really have a solid core around them. I do like Ron Rivera, their head coach. However, as he's getting a little bit older, this isn't the same team we all know and love. Uh, Ron Rivera was was known as Riverboat Ron, or the guy that kept everything cool in his time in Carolina, and he got them all the way to the Super Bowl with Cam Newton. So the, here come in the commanders hiring Rivera to get an experienced veteran leader to kind of help him out. And this guy just cannot get over the hump. He's kept them as a competitive, solid six to nine win football team. But when it comes to winning the big games, this guy cannot do it. He didn't even realize last year that he could have been um, eliminated in, in a game last week if they lost and the Packers won and yet decided to start Carson Wentz in a game, a guy that hadn't been playing for multiple weeks. That is just an absolute travesty in my eyes. That's unprofessional. That's a guy that's in over his head and, and doesn't really know what he's talking about or doing anymore. They've lost three of their last four. They desperately need a win. You could argue that he could be fired tomorrow, or not tomorrow, but next week if he loses to the Giants at home. Overall, I wouldn't be shocked if this is the end of end of Riverboat Ron in the NFL. He's an older coach. He's had some health issues. I wouldn't be shocked if they decide to move on from him at the end of the season. Finally, do we need to talk about it? I think we do, and it's going to be the Patriots head coach, Bill Belichick. Yes, one of the legends of the game. I will always give respect to this guy. One of the most um, just fierce coaches ever in the era of football that I've been able to watch throughout my entire lifetime. Why would he be on the chopping block? Well, 
he just has not been able to win the same since Brady. Now, I'm not doing the argument of who made who, like Brady made Belichick. Belichick was a bum without him. No, it's a team game. You needed a lot to go on, you know, the way they did for them to win as much as they did. There's no way one player would be able to change the outcome of, of a coach and win as many Super Bowls as he did back to back to back to back to back. It's a team effort. We've looked at amazing dynasties that have not won as much as the Patriots, and, and they were very well run. So, I, again, hats off to Belichick. However, in recent years, again, you got to look at it. They've missed the playoffs two of the past three years. Now they're the worst team in the entire AFC. They have a good opportunity to potentially start a rebuild with a nice young quarterback. Would Bill Belichick want to do that in his current age? Who really knows anymore? I just don't see the case where Bill Belichick can turn this team back into a playoff contender. Worst case scenario is what it is right now. Best case scenario, I just think they're a scrappy seven-win football team that maybe can push a real contender around for about a quarter or two, and then they'll slowly fall apart. I think the era of Belichick is truly over in the NFL. The evil empire has been defeated, and um, I, I really do think it is the end of an era. Will he retire? Will he get fired? Or will pride take over everything, and will they be too prideful to move on from him? I can't answer that one as of today. But there's got to be smoke um, because it really does feel like this is the end of an era. He doesn't seem even happy on the side. Like He doesn't feel happy to begin with, but he seems even less happy right now, uh, especially just watching him on the sidelines coaching Mac Jones. So those are the coaches I wanted to talk about when it comes to who might be on the line of being fired. Now let's head over to our picks on our next segment. All right, it is time for the picks. Like usual, I get all of the games throughout the week of the NFL season. I give you my picks on who I think is going to win. If you want to play along, you can feel free. Join my Max Sports group on the ESPN Fantasy app or on the ESPN web browser. You can play along as well there for free. Um, as of right now, I have moved back up to first place after a very, very good week where I went, I believe, 11-4. and four. Very impressive I thought it was a very good week for myself. The only games I got wrong were the Bills, the Ravens, Jaguars, and Bengals. So let's see if I can keep a hot streak going. To start things off, I really do want to talk about um, our Thursday night football game. Ravens-Bengals. These are two teams that had some ugly losses last week, and they're going to try and bounce back from them. It's a primetime game, which I think it'll be a little bit of a lower scoring game. It always seems to happen like this on the Thursday night games. I trust, if especially if it's going to be a lower-scoring game, I trust the Ravens' offense centered, centered around the run game to beat a Bengals team that usually revolves around big plays. If they have fewer opportunities for those big plays, I think that ties into the Ravens having a good chance of winning this one. I'm going to take Baltimore. Let's move on to the next game. we got the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Cleveland Browns. Another amazing AFC North matchup. Here is where my picks changed. I originally had the Cleveland Browns knowing that Deshaun Watson was going to be healthy. They played the Steelers very close early on in the season, but came up short. That was on the road on under the lights. I think that the Steelers will most likely win this one. I am picking them to win 
I think that Kenny Pickett will be able to outduel either Dorian Thompson Robinson or PJ Walker. I like the run game a little bit more than Cleveland. I think the Steelers have not as good of a defense as the the Browns, but very solid and good enough to force errors and make it easier for Kenny Pickett to win this game. I will take the Steelers to beat the Browns. Moving on to our next game. At 1 o'clock, we got the Detroit Lions hosting the Chicago Bears. This is the Lions' uh, second NFC North matchup of the season. They have not played a division rival since week three, I believe, week three or week four against the Packers. Yeah, that's how long ago it was. Um, Yeah, it was week four. And now they have a chance against the Bears. It appears Justin Fields will be coming back to play against the Lions in this one. I like the Lions to win. It's a home game. They have great momentum right now after a huge road win. I think they're going to show up in front of a big filled Ford field that'll get very loud, whether it is Justin Fields or it's Tyson Bajant. I think either quarterback will struggle a little bit and the Lions offense will be too overwhelming for a struggling Bears defense. Moving on to the next game. I got the Los Angeles Chargers. Take it on the Green Bay Packers. I have the Chargers winning this one. We've always talked about how the coaching could be the difference, and Brandon Staley has struggled, uh, especially in late-game situations. I think, however, the talent will be able to outplay the bad coaching performances this year, especially against a team like the Packers. Justin Herbert will be better than Jordan Love in this game. I think that I will definitely take my faith in the Chargers to win this one against the Green Bay Packers. Moving on to the next game, we got the Miami Dolphins hosting the Raiders. Now, the Dolphins come into this one with a game up in the division lead, mainly due to everyone else in the division losing last week, including the Bills. So the Dolphins have firm control. I think they will add to their lead with a victory over the Raiders this week. Tua, Tyreek, and... Um, Waddle will all be there, and they are going to be getting their star young running back, Devon Achan, back. I finally got to be able to pronounce his name right. I, he needed the respect because, man, he's been balling this year. I think Devon Achan has a huge day against a fairly mediocre Raiders secondary and linebackers. I think that they'll do good there. As for the pass rush, all I'd say is, Tua, you need to get that ball out quick because Max Crosby's going to be chasing you down. Moving on to the next game, Commanders hosting the G-Men. This is an easy one. I'm taking Sam Howell, who is currently leading the entire NFL in passing yards over Tommy DeVito and the Giants. I think this game will be over by half. Give me the Commanders. Moving on to the next one, we got the Panthers hosting the Dallas Cowboys. This is going to be a Cowboy beatdown. It's not going to be close. Again, it'll be over by halftime. They'll be talking about how the Cowboys are back especially knowing that they beat the equivalent of a Canadian football team. I think the Cowboys win this one handily as well. Moving on to the next one. We got the Jacksonville Jaguars hosting the Tennessee Titans. The Jaguars must have a bitter taste in their mouth after getting throttled by the 49ers. I think they come back, and while I don't think it's going to be a huge one-sided victory, I think the Jaguars will do enough to get done, get it done against the Titans and bounce back into the women column to get to 7-3. Moving on to the next game, we got the Cardinals going in against the Texans. 
This one is going to be a close one. 91% of the people are on the Texans right now. Yes, they're hot. They're fun. C.J. Stroud's throwing the ball everywhere. They're a young, fun team to watch. Trust me. I admit that if I was a bandwagon for a team, I'd love to hop on the bandwagon for that one because they really have been a fun team to watch. I do think that this game is closer than what the percentages might say, though. Kyler Murray is back. And remember, he is the more experienced uh, quarterback of the two in this one. I think that will keep it a close game. However, the pieces around Kyler Murray are as bad, if not worse, than what C.J. Stroud is dealing with. Give me the Texans. Moving on to the four o'clock games, we got the San Francisco 49ers playing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think the 49ers get it done at home. I don't think that the Buccaneers have the offense to keep up with the 49ers, especially when they're gelled and at their best, especially with McCaffrey controlling the run game. I think that they are going to be able to manage the clock very well and completely take care of the ball on this one. Give me San Fran to win. Next one, Jets and Bills. Both of these teams have had really ugly losses that they both wish didn't happen. I'm going to take the Bills in this one only because I trust uh, Josh Allen a little bit more than Zach Wilson. Both of them have been very turnover prone this year, but at least Josh Allen can do a little bit more with the ball, and he's a little more trustworthy than Zach Wilson. All right, moving on to the next game. We got the Rams hosting the Seahawks. I'm going to take the Seahawks in this one. We still don't know if Matthew Stafford is going to be back for the Rams. And I will admit, Brett Rippon did not look good in his last outing. So either Stafford comes back or it's it's Carson Wentz time. And I am not ready to put my name next to Carson Wentz. Give me the Seahawks. On to the next game. We got the Denver Broncos hosting the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are a hot team. The Pastronaut himself. Josh Dobbs has really turned it around there in Minnesota. I might be picking an upset here to some on Sunday Night Football, but a night game hosted by the Broncos in Denver, that's a bit of a different atmosphere atmosphere as opposed to a dome stadium like the Cardinals and the Vikings, how Josh Dobbs has been playing. I think the environment will be tougher, and I think this Broncos defense is really starting to shape up and get better. I think Dobbs will struggle, and I think the Broncos may edge out the Vikings in an ugly game. And then finally, Monday Night Football. This is the game of the week. Let's just lock it here. Chiefs and Eagles, a Super Bowl rematch. And it's going to be a good one, I think. As of right now, I am leaning Chiefs. I think the Kansas City Chiefs get it done against the Eagles. It's in Arrowhead. It is a night game. I'd like to see how this Eagles team does against the Chiefs. It's a night game. It's a primetime game. We saw what happened when Detroit came in there early in the season. They won that one. Now it was without Chris Jones and without Travis Kelsey and without Taylor Swift, if we're being honest here. But let's see what happens with this Chiefs team. Do the Kelsey brothers, you know, which which Kelsey brother wins it this time? We'll say that. I'm going to pick the Chiefs, though, to win this one. I think that's a fairly safe pick. So those are the picks. We got Chiefs, Broncos, Seahawks, Bills, Niners, Texans, Jaguars, Cowboys, Commanders, Dolphins, Chargers, Lions, Steelers, and the Ravens. And for the total score between the Eagles and the Chiefs, I'm going to put it at 63. That's just a cool number, so I decided to put it there. That is the end of our episode. Thank you to everybody who's been listening to these episodes. I really do appreciate it. My name is Max. This has been Max Sports. 
Remember, tomorrow is our college football episode where I give you my college picks and we do some playoff talk, maybe some talk about head coaching hires as well because we had some big names get fired over the last couple weeks. So let's talk about that for a little bit as well. Well, we'll wait for that for tomorrow. My name is Max. This has been Max Sports. I'll be seeing you all tomorrow. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.